We have got a special guest on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Is Gary Harding of Isles Talk and of the New York Islanders Booster Club joins us to give us his insights of last week's scrimmage, the preseason so far, and everything Islanders that's been going on in training camp. We've got all that and more on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Your Locked On Islanders, your daily podcast on the New York Islanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. Thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It is my pleasure to welcome to the show. He is the co-host of Isles Talk. He previously worked at WGBB talking Islanders on Sundays. And of course, he is the past president of the Islanders Booster Club. I'm talking about Gary Harding. And Gary, welcome to the show. Well, Gil, it's an absolute pleasure to be with you. And uh, great to talk Islanders with you. It's great to be back in October and looking forward to the start of the season. Yeah, it's just a, a week or so away. I am very much looking forward to it. And hard, hard to believe that, you know, the season is this close, but so close you can almost taste it. Gary, you, you've been following this team for a number of years now. Uh, this offseason, you make the transition from Barry Trotz to Lane Lambert. What are your early impressions of the way Lane Lambert is doing things and how, if at all, is it different from the way we saw the last four years? Well, I think I think it's pretty much, I would consider it a slight hybrid, you know, as to what Barry Trotz was, because obviously we all know Lane's history. He served, you know, in Nashville, in Washington, and on Long Island. So, you know, he's part of Barry's system. He, you know, he's got Trotz's DNA probably all over him. But I think, as you saw a little bit in January when when Barry's uh, mom passed and he took on the team, even though just for those couple of games, you saw a little bit of a different kind of a, at, not necessarily an attitude, but you saw a different kind of a team go out there. And again, Lane is a defensive coach by by trade, as he was covering with Barry. But he kind of let the guys go out a little bit. He let them freelance a little bit. Um, in those games, I saw Matt Barzal do a little bit more typical things that we know and love of him than he kind of did in the system. And again, it wasn't a negative thing that he didn't with Barry. It's just I think Lane allowed that little bit of latitude. And the same goes with some of the guys like Wallstrom and that. It looked like he allowed them to do a little bit as long as they made sure that they remembered the A's and A, B, and C's of that 200 by 85 game that they want the Islanders forwards to play. So I'm expecting not much different. Again, everything's going to work from the goaltenders out. You know, you're going to, you know, that's going to be the, the bread and butter of this organization as it's been for the last five seasons now. But, but I think they really need to get the goal scoring up. I think there's going to, they're going to try to get more chances. I think they're going to allow them to do a little bit more. Um, as my, my, my colleagues and I talked on Al's talk, we figure that in order for the Islanders to really make a difference this year and get secure one of those eight playoff spots, they've got to increase their goal production by about a half a goal a game. 
we figured 250 goals is going to be key for the Islanders to do something. A half a goal game is not a lot when you think about it. It's really only it's really only 40 goals. You know, yeah. so, you know, in 20, you know, you got 20 guys on a team, you know, that's one goal every two games. So it's not a difficult thing to do. Um, so I, I my my thoughts are that you're, you're going to see a little bit more offense out of the guys freelancing up front. And I think the key and we we said it on Isles Talk, too, is that the defense have to be involved more offensively. We know what Noah can do. We know what Pulak can do. But I think. I think the stat we showed was when the Islanders defensemen had two or more points in a game, the record was ridiculous. It was like 21 and two or something like that. It was a ridiculous number when they, when they, when they, when the defense got on the score sheet. So those, I think those are the two things that really are going to separate lane, you know, from where, you know, being out of Barry's shell and being his own coach. One of the other things that a lot of people are wondering about is how Lane will treat the younger players. Barry, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, used tough love, and I'll put that in air quotes if you want, yeah. with guys like Wallstrom, with guys like Kiefer Bellows. wasn't easy for him to trust the younger players. Do you think Lane Lambert's approach will be any different? I, I mean, just just a few things I've seen from the, the couple of uh, preseason games and going to the uh, blue and white scrimmage at UBS the other day. Um, yeah, I see I see a lot more more out of Wallstrom and he's getting, you know, not only the the shooting but the physicality and they worked on on the blue and white, they worked on a lot of power play stuff. So I really saw it was almost like a little bit more of a of a positive aura coming out of Oliver and and, and again, I over the years I've bashed the fact that that Oliver hasn't picked up the system. But I think he's I think he's picked I think he's a little more mature and a lot more smarter, or it seems initial thoughts. And again, we're only a week in, so you really can't be so solid with the prediction. But I see a difference in, in both him and Kiefer so far. So I'm just hoping that that just melds and builds. And, uh, you know, we get more and more excited with those those kids because it's a big year for them. Yeah, and it, you know those two alone could get you a good portion of those forty goals you talked about if they find their game. So absolutely, it, for sure, for sure, would be uh, a big pickup. How about some of the younger prospect type players in camp? I mean, all eyes are on uh, Atu Ratu and 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 on uh, William DeFour, but have they or any of the other prospects stood out? I mean, Simon Holmstrom, I think has gotten a lot of, uh, yeah, I, I really was excited watching him yesterday. And, you know, I, I went to a bunch of games in Bridgeport, went to the playoffs and you saw the difference from October of last year to April that he's definitely mature. I mean, again, he was brought here at the, at, at 18. So he was a baby when he first came here and you know, this is now his fourth year here. So he's starting to really grow. And I think, I think his mature level has increased tremendously. He's gotten a little bigger. I think he's gotten a lot smarter, not necessarily with the puck, but without the puck. And I really liked what I saw, you know, for that little brief time on, on Friday at the scrimmage. So um, will he be up here? I'm not sure. But, you know, obviously, you know, as the season goes, you got injuries, you got situations. But I think he's definitely going to be a call up early. Um, Ratu and Dufour. Um, we, we, obviously we saw how Ratu played in those couple of games in Bridgeport in the playoffs. You know, he, he's a kid playing with men, you know, we've been that for four years. Um, I think a full year in Bridgeport will help him tremendously do four. 
I loved watching him in the Memorial Cup last year. He was tremendous. He was on. And fire. I think he's and he's one of those guys that's taken that extra step. You know, so I really like what I see. To me, the biggest interesting battle I'm looking for is who's going to be that number six defenseman. Mm-hmm. You know, between between Aho, between Sallow, between Grant Hutton, between uh um oh god, the guy from Seattle. I can't completely lost his name. Um go whatever, but there, there's a great battle with it going on. And Jalowski. Um, Jalowski. I, I knew it was a C. I just couldn't get the name out. But um, I, it, it, that's that's going to be an interesting battle because, um, you know, as we saw last season, Ajo had the chance and he kind of slipped up a little bit. Salo had the chance. He slipped up a little bit. Hutton, I really thought, played well um, in his few games. And, you know, you know, whose job is it going to be? And I think the next week, you know, these games would fill the two with Philly, the Devils and the Rangers are really going to be the big litmus test to see who's going to, you know, take the reins and, and grab that sixth spot, you know, because that's that's going to be interesting to say. Yeah, it should be uh, very interesting and something to look for as the preseason winds down. We have more to come with Gary Harding, who is discussing all things Islanders as we are Starting to wind down training camp already, so Gary will be back to talk more about the Islanders. We've got that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you could find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, and in just a very short time, regular season hockey. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. So back here with Gary Harding and and Gary, the, the goaltending situation this year, everyone expects Ilya Sorokin to get a, a little bit more than half of the work. How do you expect that, you know, duo to break down the starts? Yeah, I think I, I'm I'm expecting about the same way, you know. Um, you know, the first couple of games, you know, they've looked shaky, but I I never gauge anything on preseason. I'm not worrying about the goaltending situation. Those guys will be just fine once we know that the puck officially drops on October 13th. Um, you know, I really feel, and a lot of the experts are feeling that, you know, that sh- this year Sorokin could be the version of Shesterkin, you know, I mean, we know the relationship between the two of them, their buddies and whatever. And Shesterkin got all the, the excitement last year in the Vezina trophy. Well-deserved by the way, you know, I will say that. Um, but you know, he's, he's, he knows he's got, he's got a, a good task in front of him. And I really think he's got the, the wits and the smarts about him now with two years in North America under his belt to take that next step. And, um, I'm really expecting a lot of great things. And, you know, you got you got a great dependable backup. Not, and I don't call I shouldn't call him a backup. I'll call him one B, um, you know, because you look at all the tandems in the NHL. And I really think and it's not biased. I really think that the Sorokin Varlamov tandem, if 
playing at their top is got to be you got to think they're in the top three no question about it absolutely a- absolutely this offseason was a was a bit disappointing to a lot of islander fans you know you had so many rumors out there johnny goudreau and and uh nazem kadri and they, they end up the only one move they make is for alexander romanov to solidify the second defense pair but that scoring forward did not arrive your thoughts about that and and the off season that lou lamorello had yeah um i'm gonna take a different approach on this um you know obviously you know who wouldn't want johnny gaudreau on your team who wouldn't want nazem kadri on your team but lou's got his got his thoughts he's got that salary situation and he doesn't want to give up on some of the the assets he's got and no one's going to try to fleece him. You know, he will not let anything get fleeced. So the way I the way I'm looking at this and I use I use an old poem by uh, a gentleman by the name of Robert Frost who was the poet laureate of the United States for a number of years in the 40s, 50s and 60s and it's called The Road Not Taken. And um you know, I'll actually I'll I'm actually looking on my other screen here and I'm going to give you a quote from this. And it says, I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged, two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. And I think that's where Lou Lamorello is going. He he knows that getting a guy like Gaudreau and getting a guy like Hadri would would obviously give him offensive, you know, validity to this organization. But at what cost? You know, what are you gonna have to get rid of? What are you gonna have to do in years gone by because you got to remember you 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 when you sign a player in free agency you're not looking at it at the one year that you're actually putting them under the contract but you got to spread that out and you're going to look at the guys that are coming behind them the matt barzals you made a bridge deal with noah dobson you got these other guys that are going to come down the pike and where's that money coming from because you know you know from what we've heard that you know the cap's only going to go up one million dollars next year, maybe a million dollars a year after that. So you don't have that big spread, that extra seven million or eight million that people were thinking about two or three years ago that was going to come in the cap that they can sign these players. So you you can't look at it, you know, t- today in July. You have to look at it in twenty three and twenty four and twenty five. So I really think, and everybody thought last year when the season started, with the roster we had, that people were predicting us to win the Stanley Cup. And we all know what happened last year. Forget what happened. It's the same roster. It's almost the same roster with the addition of Romano. And by the way, I love that pairing of Romano and Dobson. It didn't look great the first game against the Rangers, but I'm guaranteeing you that pair is going to be amazing this season. I think so, Islander fans will love Romano. Oh, yeah. The physicality, I, you see it already. Oh, yeah. you see it. Oh, I yeah. love it. But, but the point of the matter is, this team was predicted to win the Stanley Cup last year. It's the same roster. Yes, it's a year older. I get it. But with the ability of Barzal, hopefully, to get his game moving again back into the offensive skills that we know and love of him and be able to see guys like Wallstrom and Bells maybe make a difference and get the offense juggernauting a little bit, it's going to – It's you're going to forget the, the moves he did not make in, in July, August, in September of this year when you're looking at March and April and the guys have got 250 goals as a team and giving up only 200 to 10, that's the numbers we were hoping for, you know, last year that are going to happen this year. And that's going to get you a playoff spot. 
And we all know what happens with this team when it comes to the playoffs. It's a different game. It's a different environment. And this is the team that plays for that environment. Yeah, the playoffs are made for the the way the Islanders play hockey. They play that way all year long. And it's definitely an advantage. Lou Lamorello is in the last year of his contract. He is uh, approaching 80. Do you think he stays beyond this year? Any thoughts about that? I don't know. Um, you know, if you listen to if you listen to people on social media, they thought he should have left the game 10 years ago. But you know what? <laughs> I, I, I think he's still again, he's different than other GMs. He's got his way, you know, you know, the between the uh, you know, the you know, the shave and everything else and all the th- the rules that he's got, you know what, but it still works. You know, it's different than everybody else, but it still works. And the and the guys will go through hellfire and brimstone for him. And you know, his son is the heir apparent maybe to take and take control once Lou maybe slides the wheels a little bit. And and Chris isn't much different than his dad. And, um, you know, I think, you know, people, not people, many people really care for what Lou's doing, but there there's a plan, you know, whether you like it or not, whether you think it's the right thing or not, there is, he doesn't have one, you know, he this is a different from the road not taken, but he, you know, he, you get to that fork and based on what's going on, he doesn't have plan A. He's got plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan D. So there are, there are the things that he can do that he can change on the fly, if you will, based on what's going on. And, you know, I'm, I'm a minority on this case, but I still think there's nothing wrong with what Lou's doing. And I, I, you know, you know, will he go more than one year? I'm not sure, but you know, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be surprising. Let's put it that way. So through it all, here we are about a week and a half away from the season. Your prediction for the 2022-2023 New York Islanders? Well, like I said earlier in the show, um, we predicted on Isles Talk that the Islanders would be a playoff team. I didn't, you know, I didn't put us, you know, winning a division or anything like that. I, I said, if we do those things that we said, get the goal, get the goal increased by a half a goal a game keep your goals against down to about 210 for the year. I think even though the, the game is different and whatever, I think if the Islanders gave up less than 200 and I think it was less than 220 goals, they've never missed the playoffs. So and I think they were like 222 last year. So they're a little yeah. bit above that number. So they get under that number. I don't see the reason why they can't. Again, you know, every, that's being with everybody's healthy. If the team stays healthy, if the, if the uh, things go the way they do, I do not see that this Islander team not making the playoffs. Well, uh, hopefully you are right about that. It certainly makes things more interesting and more entertaining for all of us. And uh, Gary, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find you on social media and where they could find Isles Talk? Um, yeah, sure. Um, again, myself and Paul Kreischer and John Panarese. John was my former radio um, partner on WGBB. Um, we started Isles Talk years ago. And um, it was originally a written site, but we've been doing a lot of um, shows. Um, they're on Facebook Live. Um, we try to let everybody know via Twitter or whatever. Um, my Twitter handle is Isles, at IslesMet63. Um, and um, we were supposed to be on, actually, we hopefully going to be on before the season goes. We try to do it some night during the week. We basically open up Water Cooler Talk. Um, Paul does a lot of... Um, minor league and prospect uh, work and stuff. And, um, you know, um, again, you also said we were also, I'm also involved with the Islander Booster Club, which is the official 
support organization of the New York Islanders. We've been around since day one, and uh, we're looking forward to starting our 50th season. And um, if you're ever at the Islanders at, at, at the UBS Arena, I'm usually outside Section 316 by the Offside Tavern. Hey, stop by and say hi. <laughs> Absolutely. Gary, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for stopping by. Gil, it's my pleasure. And uh, let's, you know, let's hope for a great season. All right. Thanks, Gary. All right. I want to thank Gary Harding for joining us and talking all things New York Islanders. Always a pleasure to have Gary on the show. He goes way back with this franchise and really knows his stuff. Uh, we've got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We've got our Islanders birthday of the day and some final thoughts. All that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. And Monday was the 38th birthday of former Islanders defenseman Bruno Gervais. Gervais drafted by the Isles in the sixth round of the 2003 entry draft. Uh, a, a native of Longueuil, Quebec, I hope I came even close to pronouncing that correctly, made his Islanders debut in 05-06, playing in 27 games, three goals, seven points, and eight penalty minutes. Stayed with the Isles through the 2010-2011 season before playing with Tampa Bay for one season and Philadelphia for another before ending his career with two years in the AHL and two years playing for the Berlin Polar Bears in Germany, hung up his skates after the 2016-2017 season for his NHL career. Bruno Gervais, 418 games, 16 goals, 87 points, and 182 penalty minutes. He played five playoff games, all with the Islanders in 06-07, had a goal and two points and two penalty minutes in those postseason games. Islanders losing in five games that year to the Sabres, uh, but it was a, a nice time as far as the Islanders making the playoffs for the first time in a few years. Gervais never scored more than 19 points in a season, was... Uh, a steady two-way defenseman, usually uh, second or third pairing, had good size at 6'1", 200 pounds, steady, great teammate, and off the ice, great to interview and always gracious with the fans, great to interact with them and treated them with respect and always made time for them. So always liked the way Bruno Gervais handled himself with the fans. We're going to go back and look at one of Bruno Gervais' better games as a New York Islander. March 2nd, 2009 at the Nassau Coliseum. The Colorado Avalanche are the visitors. Andrew Raycroft is their goalie. Jan Denis in between the pipes for your New York Islanders. 11,298 fans in attendance. And the Islanders get on the board first. Dean McCammon is fifth from John Sim and Jeff Tambellini. That made it 1-0 Islanders at the 13-15 mark of the opening period, and that's how it stood after one. Former Islander Ryan Smith, not the most popular guy in the Nassau Coliseum that day. He cashes in with a power play goal. John Sim was in the box for tripping. Smith, his 22nd from Paul Stastny and Milan Hayduke at 33 seconds of the second period. That tied it at one. 
But the Islanders responded a little less than two minutes later. Jesse, uh, Jesse Yoensu, his first from John Sim and Joe Callahan at 231. Isles back in the lead by a 2-1 to one score. And then our Islanders' birthday of the day. Bruno Gervais gets his first of the year. Sim and Blake Como with the assist at 13.04. Isles up 3-1 to one after 40 minutes. In the third, Ryan Smith scores again against the Islanders. The boos cascading. He was booed really every time he touched the puck in this game. Fans never appreciating the fact that Smith was traded to the Islanders at the trade deadline in 07 and turned down more money from the Islanders to sign with the Abs. Uh, he got his 23rd, Marek Fatos and Ruslan Saleh with the assists at 102, and it was a 3-2 game. But the Islanders get an insurance goal from Jeff Tambellini, his third, Mark Streit, the assist at 448. Jan Denis with a strong game, making 20 saves to earn the win. Islanders out shooting the Avs 31-22. The Islanders skate away with a 4-2 win for Bruno Gervais, our Islanders' birthday of the day. He was a plus two. He scored a goal. It was at even strength, and it was the game winner. He was on ice for 23 minutes and 33 seconds, which was second on the team that day, only to Mark Streit. So again, we wish a very happy 38th birthday to Bruno Gervais, uh, one of the class acts that we've seen put on a New York Islanders uniform. And Bruno Gervais is our Islanders birthday of the day. Well, I'll tell you, uh, it's getting close. The New York Islanders now have played four preseason games. And it's hard to believe that the regular season is fast approaching. We are just a little more than a week away. And on tomorrow's show, we will have our look at the preseason game against the Flyers and a whole lot more. So make sure you join us for that. And we'll have all the latest news from Islanders camp and any cuts or moves that the team makes. I want to thank everyone again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. And in a little shameless self-promotion, I do host the Monday edition of Locked On NHL and co-host the Friday edition along with Rachel Donner. So please subscribe on YouTube. Check it out. Uh, I promise you, all five days, it's a, it's a great listen. That does it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.